Big changes coming to Smashville. John Hines is out. Andrew Burnett comes in as the team's new head coach. What can we expect from this move? And what went wrong in the John Hines era in Smashville? Talking about it today in the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We appreciate you making us your first listen of the day and a special hi to all of you loyal Locked On Predheads who join us every single day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. So I think we've unlocked something here, and uh, if we ever need major news to break, uh, just make sure you are moving and have absolutely zero access to internet. Oh gosh, y'all, I knew, I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. I was like, come on, if you're going to call it, call it before I move, call it before I move. Friends, they did not. Yeah, you even said it this morning. You're like, I'm going to be out of pocket today, so if I swear to God, if the Nashville Predators make a coaching move... And then, like, literally, what, less than 30 minutes The later, Kevin Weeks tweet. Like, yeah, the Kevin Weeks tweet came out just, like, maybe about 30, 30 minutes after that. And I just texted you the tweet. And I was like, I have some bad news. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh, y'all. So much to process and couldn't get online to process it with you, Nick. But you did yeah. a great job yesterday on the breaking news. Loved it. Yeah, so we, so we went over the timing and uh, just kind of some of the big picture stuff during our breaking podcast yesterday. The, this is your first chance to get on, on the, uh, the podcast after this happened. And what are, what are your initial thoughts on this? Uh, I have very mixed feelings about it. I understand the logistics of the move. I think with a new GM, I think with the Predators heading in a new direction, it makes sense that you just go all in on making some changes. I will say, and I know this goes against a lot of fans, I will say that I'm not sure John Hines got a fair shake necessarily in Nashville. And I will also say just personally, as uh, somebody who covered the Predators from the media, you know, I- I'm I'm a little bit bummed, really mad respect for John Hines and the way that he um, interacted with the media, just as a side note, and Andrew Brunette may be as wonderful, and I'm looking forward to working with him, but just... I have really mixed feelings about it. I have mixed feelings about the decision, maybe not as much as I do about how it all kind of went down. And I'm trying to figure out how to land with the timing of how this all went down and what that means for John Hines. It was like the process itself Maybe a little bit of a dick move by Barry Trotz. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Like, I think he made up his mind at the end of the season that the, uh, you know, Hines wasn't going to be his guy. And then, you know, you saw that in the, you know, in the press release yesterday where it was like, you know, as as discussions went on, we thought it would be best to go our separate ways. Mm -hmm. But you didn't pull the trigger until you had Andrew Burnett signed on the bottom line. That's like knowing you want to break up with your girlfriend, 
but waiting until you have a better girlfriend before yes. you before you do that. You're yes. like, yeah, you're like doing like the the bumble dates as you're still dating your, you know, your main squeeze. That's kind of yeah. what it felt like here. But I mean, in terms of like, let's take that out of it, Anne, and let's just talk about the decision itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it feels like the right move. And, and not necessarily just from like a John Hines coaching records perspective, but just for kind of an everyone involved perspective too. Yeah, I agree with you. I think separating out the conversation of was John Hines right for this? Was he a good coach? Was he not? I think when you look at where the Nashville Predators are, where they are heading, what they need to do to get there, I think this is the time to turn the entire chapter. And with Barry Trotz coming in, I understand him wanting to get a jump on this. Look, the Predators are in a reset, as they want to call it, that you can call it a rebuild. This is going to be a process. And to keep John Hines around another year waiting almost feels like delaying the work that absolutely has to be done for this team to kind of get back to relevance in the NHL. And so it makes sense to pull the trigger on it. And, you know, setting aside kind of the the order of events, I think it's the right move for the Nashville Predators where they are right now and where they're headed. Yeah. I mean, John Hines, if he was back next year, was in a no-win situation because he has to win to keep his job, but the Nashville predators aren't in a win now mode. So I think John Hines comes back, you know, he's just, you know, they're spinning in circles, you know, he may will that team to mediocrity and still, you know, the, the team wants him to, you know, maybe just not shoot for mediocrity, just shoot on focusing, like getting individual players better and let that record fall where it may. And that wasn't really the position John Hines uh, was in. I want to talk about just kind of the John Hines era overall. You kind of like alluded asking whether you thought, you know, John Hines was given a fair shake. Um, you know, I think Alex Doherty on, on um, penalty box radio, not to hype my own outlet, but did a really good article that kind of summarized, you know what John Hines, no, maybe he didn't really get a fair shake, but he also didn't really help his case either. Mm-hmm. I, I just kind of want to highlight that and say John Hines to me was given a near impossible task mm-hmm. when he came to the Nashville Predators. And it, it seemed like, in, like a decent task at the time, but looking back in retrospect, John Hines was tasked with making a fundamentally not very good hockey team into a cup contender. Yes. You know, like a fundamentally flawed team and not like, a, OK, you're going to rebuild this team. But as in like this needs to happen right now. Right. And I think now that we can take a step back and kind of look at things in the past, you can realize, yeah, I don't I don't really think John Hines had the best pieces in Nashville to work with. Um, but he did a decent job for what he was given. You know, he did turn Mikhail Granlin from a pariah under the Peter Laviolette era to a serviceable player in Nashville. And then he went to Pittsburgh and we see he's just back to kind of being a, a pariah again. You know, he found value in guys like Tanner Janot and helped coach them up into perennial, like good NHL players that are worth a lot of draft picks. Apparently. That's very true. You know, he helped guys like Matt Duchesne refine his game and, you know, Philip Forsberg refined his game. And yeah, you know, he, UC Soros helped in this regard, but he also took some teams that 
easily, you know, could have been among, you know, the worst in the NHL or at least like a bottom 10 team and turned him into teams that were always in the playoff conversation every single year he was there. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think there is a question that people can ask, did John Hines fail the Predators? Did the Predators fail John Hines? And I think it's a bit of both. I agree with you. I think he was handed a situation and was told, look, this is a team that is a cup contending team that needs just a few more pieces to get them over this hump. And I think what we've learned over these last few seasons, whether it was John Hines behind the bench or Peter Laviolette behind the bench or anyone else, Andrew Brunette behind the bench, that's not fundamentally who this team really was anymore. Yeah, And I think when you're handed a task and told this is what you have to work with, but it's not accurate, you're a little bit doomed. And, and again, I will say John Hines didn't necessarily do himself any favors with some of the decisions that he made. And of course, there is a lot of discord among the fan base with some of the coaching decisions that he made. But he was sold a team that I think we can all look back and say, regardless of who was behind the bench, nobody was going to coach that group into the Stanley Cup finals again. It just no. wasn't there. No, and I think that's, you know, again, part of it is, I think John Hines didn't exactly have the best pieces mm -hmm. uh, during his coaching tenure in Nashville. He did have some mistakes, though. Uh, some pretty glaring mistakes that eventually I think led to the downfall of his coaching tenure with the Nashville Predators. And maybe at the end of the day is the reason that Barry Trotz elected not to move forward with him behind the bench. So I want to talk about those reasons here coming up in just a second. Plus the other part of this, Anne, Andrew Burnett is now head coach in the Nashville Predators. What can we expect from him? behind the bench we'll talk about both of those topics in just a second but first want to make us uh take a second to mention today's episode is brought to you by fan duel sportsbook this is by far one of the best years of the sporting season we have stanley cup finals we have the nba finals two fantastic series coming at you which means it's the perfect time to put some money down on FanDuel and right now new customers on FanDuel get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500 if you don't know what that is it's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win and there are great promotions every day and you can bet on literally anything how many rebounds is uh nikola Jokic gonna get in this series how many points is jimmy butler gonna have on the stanley cup side who's gonna score the first goal in uh, game one of the stanley cup finals matthew kachuk will he do it again will jack eichel get some uh, points on the board for the golden knights these are all bets that you can make and you can do it all in a safe and secure app that gives you your winnings instantly there's no better place to bet all of the playoff action than america's number one sportsbook so visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars again fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel official sports betting partner of the nba and official partner of the locked on podcast network all right and we we talked about john hines and whether or not he got a fair shake in nashville but the other side of this is just some of the mistakes he did make right. as head coach of the Nashville Predators. And I, I know we've talked a lot in depth, but 
you know, I think there was just some stuff that the fan base certainly pointed out, but just objectively made you think maybe this isn't the guy that the Predators need right this very second. Yeah, I think probably for me, one of the biggest issues was that John Hines was very married to a system. Yes. And I think you know, you and I have said this over and over and ag- over and over again. You parent the children you have, not the children that you wish you had. And I think that that becomes very true when you look back at John Hines and how married he was. He was very monogamous when it came to this system, you know. And I think that he tried too hard to fit pieces in a system instead of acknowledging, here are the players that I have. How do I best use what I have in front of me? And I think for a lot of fans, and I think maybe for the players too, this became a bit of a frustration. And yeah. for me, that is probably one of the, the biggest things that I think we saw from John Hines early. I do think it's interesting how differently the team performed and almost how differently he coached after the trade deadline, when they sold off, when they lost players to injury. It's like all of a sudden you can't do that anymore. And it became a little bit of a different vibe for the Predators. But for me, I think, coming in and being so married to a system and not taking account enough for the talent that you have, the the challenges that you have on the team, it became too hard to fit, you know, square pegs in round holes. And that's to me the biggest thing. And it certainly ties into it a little bit, but the, the like, you know, cause everybody, when you talk about John Hines is, Oh, look how he ruined the young players. Right. I, I think, you know, you saw when he did have young players at the end of the season, I do think he did a good job of, you know, coaching some of those younger guys. But I think when you look back at maybe the Ellie Tolvanen situation or, you know, Phil Tomasino not being in the NHL this year, or, you know, Cody Glass, you know, some of that kerfuffle at the beginning of the year. That goes back to exactly what you were saying. And that was, I just think John Hines was very, I, I don't want to say one-dimensional, mm-hmm. but maybe a little bit slow at adjusting. Yes. That's, that's the, I think that's the biggest thing. You said square pegs in round holes. And, you know, we certainly talked about this with Ellie Tolvin and where, oh, well, you know, we need you at the first power play, but, you know, we've already got enough people there. And, or we, we need a penalty killer, but you don't quite fit that. So we're just not going to use you and instead mm-hmm. have some kind of mid players, you know, on the roster because, oh, they can kill penalties a little bit better. I, I think you've seen this in the NHL a lot lately where players are just using their best players in different situations, you know, whether it's power play, whether it's penalty kill, you know, they're, they're not looking at, you know, this is the first line. This is the second line. This is the penalty kill unit. This is the defensive line. You know, they're just putting four good lines out there that have chemistry and they're just taking who's the best, you know, penalty killer. Who's the best like duo that can do this and they're making it work. Look at the Florida Panthers. I mean, you have Sasha Barkoff, you know, one of like a hundred point score on the team, you know, killing penalties on uh, the Vegas golden Knights, Mark stone, the team captain, William Carlson killing penalties. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, that's kind of the thing. I don't think John Hines got out of, I think he was just mostly like, Oh, we have to have the penalty killer. So 
that's why Cole Smith is going to have a spot on the roster, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, maybe it, the Preds did fine on the penalty kill this year. They did pretty well. Oh yeah. But when it was five on five, you could just see the team getting outspeeded, outclassed. And, you know, I think the thing that really brought the point home was when Ellie Tolvanen did leave, he went to Seattle and, you know, one Oh two, five, the game chase McCabe, uh, asked, um, you know, asked David Poyle. It's like, well, why is why is he working out in mm-hmm. Seattle? And the response was, um, well, you know, Seattle, they, they kind of roll out four lines equally. You know, they have these right. guys that you, they roll out in any situation. And you look at that and it's like, why, why didn't we try that? Why didn't we just kind of get out of this? you know, identity where it's like this line has to do this and this line has to do this. And why didn't we try something else that gets you your best 18 players plus two goalies in the lineup every single night? That to me was the biggest thing about John Hines is he just couldn't change, you know, the way he did things. Yeah, I agree with you. It's I get the idea and the principle behind kind of having these line identities, but if it doesn't work, you've got to come out of the weeds and rethink, and you've got to come out of the weeds and reconfigure what you're doing. And I think because it didn't always fit with the players that you had, I think you ended up with players who weren't able to perform as well as they wanted to. And and one of the things that Ellie Tolvanen said in Seattle was, I wasn't sure what my role was. I am still going to be on the record as someday I would like to be a fly in the room for some of those conversations because I, you know, I think there's more to the Ellie Tolvanen situation than just John Hines ruined him. But I do think that when you are married to something like this identity, as long and, and as deep as John Hines was, you do end up with players who second guess themselves. Who yes. second guess, wait, what what is the skill set that I need to focus on more instead of kind of being able to play with a little bit more freedom? And I think towards the end of the season, when we saw these young predators and some of these other players like Colton Sissons and you know, Yakov Trenin and playing a little bit more free. I think it benefited the team. So I, I would agree with you. I, I get the principle behind the system that he was doing, but I think you have to be able to say this isn't working a little sooner than John Hines did. Yeah. And especially now that, you know, you have all these young players coming in right. like Luke Evangelista, you're going to want another big season from Tommy Novak, maybe in a little different spot than where he wound up at the end of the year. Cody glass, you know, all these players coming in the system, possibly Joachim Kamel. Yes. You're going to want a coach that, you know, lets them be a little bit more free, a little bit more creative, a little bit free flowing, you know, still within a system, but not kind of shackled as in like, you need to be this guy on this line or you're not playing, you know? And I think Andrew Burnett is a little bit better of an option than that. Um, You know, we, we talked about this at the end of the year, like, you know, if let's say this roster came back and John Hines is still the head coach, there's we weren't quite sure we were gonna still see you know luke evangelista start in the nhl right any of this um so so now feeling a little bit more confident with that yeah this is an interesting hire andrew brunette is an interesting hire for me and i think he's coming into a very different situation than john hines did in the sense that his job is to make the predators relevant again but he's starting from a much more clear point. 
it's very clear to everyone exactly where the Nashville Predators are. It's very clear what they have in their veterans. And I think it's very clear what they hope to develop in these young players. And so I think he's coming in with a better, more accurate picture of what he has to work with. I also think he is entering into this franchise in an era that will just naturally have more grace because expectations are different. And so I'm excited to see what he can do, but I do think he's walking into a very different situation than John Hines did when he was hired in January, 2020. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing with Andrew Burnett now is he's got a longer leash, a much longer (laughs) uh, than John Hines was. And part of that is just Barry Trotz coming in. Uh, I think, you know, we've kind of reset the expectation on what the window is for this Nashville Predators team. I don't think anybody is going to be like, well, we have to win next year. You know, this is our window. I think now we are realistically, you know, kind of able to take a step back and be like, you know what, maybe we're a playoff team next year, but that's not the goal. Like we're, we're working towards building, you know, two, three years down the line when maybe some of this top end offensive talent gets to Nashville. And then we can see, what we have. And, you know, Andrew Burnett is a very creative coach. I mean, everywhere he's been, you have seen a lot of, especially young forwards all of a sudden take off, you know, look, look at what he did when he got uh, to Florida first as an assistant, then as an interim coach, you know, that's when guys like Jonathan Huberto, Sasha Barkoff, you know, really had their best seasons of their career, really like elevated themselves into being some of the best in the NHL. You went to New Jersey this year. You saw what happened with Jack Hughes kind of broke out as into just, you know, a serviceable, you know, prospect into legitimately one of the best players in the NHL. You saw guys like Nico Heeshear have really good years and even some of the veterans, you know, like Tomas Tatar having really good seasons, you know, Jesper Brat you know, coming in and having the best season of his career. So, you know, it's, it's just, he seems to kind of be, you know, a proven track record of helping guys really find who they're meant to be in the NHL. And I think at the end of the day, maybe that's a little bit better than, you know, what, what John Hines offered. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's a such a different situation. There's so many encouraging things that we've seen from Brunette in the past that I think lend itself to this hire makes a ton of sense. Um, I was kind of watching back through some of his press conferences and interviews that he had. And, and one of the things that he said that I thought was so interesting in his exit press conference after serving as the interim in Florida is somebody asked him, like, what is something that you learned in this season? And, and that was not an easy position that he was put in. And he said, when things don't go right, right? I've got to trust my instincts. And I thought, can you think of a better lesson and message for some of the veterans on the Nashville Predators team to hear right now? I think that is exactly the kind of message that Philip Forsberg, Roman Yossi, Matt Duchesne, you know, Ryan Johansson, depending on what happens with him. I think that is exactly the message that the veterans need to hear. You've got to trust your instincts. Go back to that gut play, you know, hockey thing where you're not maybe so in a box. And so I think that is good. I agree with you. I think we've seen him work well with young players. 
you know, in Florida, Anton Lindell had a great season under him. And I think it'll be interesting. Like, what can he do to help grow Cody Glass's game, Luke Evangelista's game? Like you said, I think there's a good chance we could see Joachim Kamel, you know, in a Predators uniform sometime next season. So I think that we've seen glimpses of what the Predators need in this new place from what he's done in the past. And I think it's exciting. Also, temper expectations, because this is going to be, I don't necessarily think it's a, a build it from the ground up, but the Predators are only on like the second or third floor, y'all. They've got a yeah. ways to go to get to the penthouse. So temper expectations, but I think you're bringing in somebody who has some really good things to contribute to where the veterans are, but also we've seen this is somebody who can kind of help grow young games, and that's exactly what the Predators need. Yeah. Um, let's talk about whether we were surprised. No, Carl Taylor. Yeah. Although he wa- will say he was a finalist per Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz told the Tennessee and it was between Burnett Taylor and one other mystery person. Um, you know, every, cause that was, wasn't that, you know, everybody's kind of dream scenario and was yes. Carl Taylor is, you know, the, the Milwaukee guy who's, you know, built up a lot of these young players and is doing been good in Milwaukee. Um, you know, to me, it, it seems like the veteran move, you know, the Predators just kind of want, you know, a voice who's already had some, you know, NHL coaching experience, you know, maybe a guy with a little bit different idea. Um, but what what's your take on the Predators not going the Carl Taylor route and instead going out of house? Mixed feelings on this. I think you can logically understand why maybe they went like you just said with brunette this is somebody who's got some experience behind the bench i think this is somebody who can address veterans in in a way maybe that's a little bit different than carl taylor i think carl taylor is brilliant at developing young talent everybody in nashville has seen that i'm a little bit surprised i'm also a little bit worried that what's going to end up happening is the Predators and the Milwaukee Admirals are going to lose Carl Taylor. And I think that's the thing that, that causes a little hitch in my giddy up about this is like, was this Carl Taylor's window and is another door going to open before the Nashville Predators, you know, need to make another change? Have we missed the window for Carl Taylor to become the head coach of the Predators? Was this it? Yeah. Or, you know, the Predators just fired uh, Dan Lambert as well. Is there a is there an assistant coaching spot? Would is that the next? That. Is that the next step? Remember back in the day when Peter Horacek was the AHL head coach in Milwaukee, all of a sudden gets elevated to basically Barry Trotz's right hand man in Smashville for so many years. You know that that's not out of the possibility either. To me, and I think at the end of the day, you know, you see Barry Trotz come in. Um, you know, even though he's kind of the, uh, you know, an original pred, he was somebody that came in from the outside. Remember, remember a lot of people's fear when, when Poyle retired, it was all right. GM Brian Poyle is up next (laughs) or Scott Nickel or somebody in house, the predators, you know, a familiar voice, but they eventually went out of house. Same thing for Andrew Burnett, you know, original predator, Mm -hmm. you know? You know, so there's some familiarity there, but ultimately an outside hire. To me, the biggest thing, Anne, is just a new way of thinking for the Nashville mm-hmm. Predators. This is a chance for the Predators to kind of reshape their identity. 
And that to me is the big bottom line. And I think the biggest thing that maybe needs to change in Nashville is the Predators need to reshape who they are as a team, because let's face it, you know, we, we've heard about the Predators identity for, you know, decades now. And, yes. you know, all of these great, you know, things that play in the Predators way, you know, that that helped them get to this point that helped them, you know, get to the Stanley Cup. But then once they're at that pinnacle, you know, the Predators way was ultimately what kept them from evolving as a team. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, you have some people who are familiar with Nashville, passionate about the team, passionate about the community, but they're coming in with new ideas from the outside, new ways of thinking. Maybe, you know, they reshape what the Predators identity means. You know, maybe, you know, Barry Trotz looks at what he had in Washington when Alex Ovechkin was there, can take some of that, you know, from when he won the cup and, you know, kind of morph that into, you know, this is sort of how I want the team to play. Andrew Burnett, same thing, you know, comes from Florida, comes from New Jersey. You know, he was on some of those, you know, cup winning Blackhawks teams, you know, during that dynasty era, he can take some of what he has proven take makes a good NHL team, a good sustainable NHL team and bring that to the table. And now all of a sudden you're not just stuck in this era of, you know, one guy, you know, this is how we built this team to be successful in 2017. So it's going to carry over into 2023 you're just looking at everything with a fresh perspective. And I think to me with both the trots hire and the Andrew Burnett hire, that's the biggest thing for the Nashville predators for me is just Mm -hmm. a fresh outlook. Yeah. And there are of course, in-depth nuts and bolts that are going to be analyzed and brought in from these guys. But for me, the overarching thing that I think we're going to see in the Nashville Predators, hopefully in the locker room, and eventually that will transition on the ice is I think Trotz and Andrew Brunette are going to bring back swagger. And I know that it's about wins and losses. And I know that it's about developing players. And I know that it's about, you know, intentional, you know, logistical moves. But there is an element of this that really is about swagger and the Nashville Predators haven't had that for a couple of seasons now. And I think that between Barry Trotz and with Andrew Brunette, I think that there is going to get some swagger back for the Predators. And I think that's going to go a long way, whether that translates to wins or losses, you know, we'll wait and see, but I think it's going to translate to a lot of excitement among the fan base. I think it's going to translate to some success on the ice, you know, mentally for these veteran players. And I think it's going to help grow these young guys as well. So for me, I'm excited to see the Nashville Predators franchise just get back to having some swagger. Yeah. And if you're a fan, you got to love that too, don't you? Just having, you know, a breath of fresh air, not having to worry about same old, same old Preds. Yeah. Yeah. I think best move all around Uh, a lot more to talk to. In fact, in just uh, a couple of hours from when this is being recorded, uh, Andrew Burnett and Barry Trotz are going to have their press conference. Uh, So we should get some information about maybe Heinz's exit, what Andrew Burnett wants to bring to the table tomorrow on the locked on predators podcast. We're going to have a bunch of quotes for that. Maybe some of the highlights, what we took away. Uh, It should be an interesting day all around. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore mama on ice. 
You can find me at penaltyboxradio.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Also, be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators as well. Thank you, everybody, for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, Locked on Predators is your free daily Nashville Predators podcast. You can get us wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Just search Locked on Predators on whatever platform you're using and hit that subscribe button. We'll see you tomorrow for another all-new episode. See you then.